So to be honest, did you really think like that music was good, Zuri? <laughs> well, you know, you take some L's in life, and uh, you keep you yeah. keep marching uh-huh. forward. And um... but do we have to take one every week, though? Welcome to To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Williams, where we don't give a damn what you think or feel about what we say. Bringing in fantasy expert and all the other titles you want to give them, Jake Seeley. Jake, welcome to the show, big dog. Why, why are you sighing when you say that? But yeah, <laughs> uh, ready to get into today. Uh, I think there's going to be a more uh, excitement, at least for the rest of it, because we're going to be talking about Le'Veon Bell, Cam Newton, uh, the Giants, and yes. whether what happened with that game. The best, I guess the best worst teams and the worst best teams, but... Before we even get into that, you, you wanted to talk about somebody tweeted you about the video game story again, and I guess that's good for everybody out there to know. I mean, that's kind of how we met, or that actually is that how we it met. Is. So yes. do, you want, do you want me so, to set it up and then you explain? Yeah, go ahead. You set it up. Yeah. So I was following D'Angelo Williams before you were following me, and you one night tweeted about the new Call of Duty game, and you said you were getting ready to play it if anybody was out there who wanted to play with you. But they had to be people who haven't played. And I tweeted at yes. you because I just happened to see it and said, I've never played. I'm pretty sure it was the first Black Ops. And I said, I've never played. Actually, I haven't played Call of Duty in a few years. I'll go to the store right now because I'm like, dude, I'm already following D'Angelo Williams. I get to play a video game with D'Angelo Williams. <laughs> and you said, hey, you know, fine. I'll, I'll be ready to roll. I ran up the street to the GameStop, got it, came back, and a few minutes later, we all hopped on. We didn't even get a game played because of the two other people couldn't get a good connection going, and we never played. And we never played an entire game. We were supposed to have our squad together. It was your idea to go against Derek Carr and his squad, and we never played. I'm like, man, D'Angelo Williams owes me $50 for that game because we never even played. True, true. Well, well, here's here's what you did know. So... (laughs) Derek Carr team is really good. They've been playing for a very long time. So I had an opportunity to sit in and speculate and watch them play, and I knew we had no shot. So you gave up. I I, I tried to fall back. I was like, you know what? We're going to go back and we're going to play. Our schedules never worked out from that point on because you had a job. I didn't. And, like, you was working when I was able to play. And then when the kids came home, it was just that's what happened. Like, we just wasn't good enough at the time. I I will – can I get payments? I'll pay you 50 bucks back. Can I can I do it in installments? <laughs> sure, you could do it in installments. Yeah, I had the deli at that time. And you're like, hey, I can play at 1145 in the morning. I'm like, come on, man. I can't do it at this time. Yeah, that's what that's what I know, right? But you know, we we're definitely gonna get that game in though. Whenever you ready, you still got it, or did you take it back? Oh, I took it back years ago. <laughs> oh man, we'll get the new one. We'll get the re-release of Modern Warfare. But that's not. That's, yeah, let's that's, do it. That's not why people are listening to us anyway. So <laughs> let's talk actual football and actual sports here. So hey, this is something you t- close ties to you here. Talk about Le'Veon Bell. Yes. Because he was tweeting over the weekend after the Giant, the Giants game, the Jets game. And in this quick version, if everybody wants to go look at the tweets, but the quick version was he was saying, haters, enjoy it now. Don't give up on this team. There's still plenty here. We're going to wear it as a badge of honor. We're going to give everything we can. We love you and we appreciate your support. We need your support. Where are you on this? Like, Would you ever do that when you were playing? And then is this just trying to make the best of a bad situation? Like, What was your takeaway when you saw this? Okay, so when I saw this, I the first thing I said was, Le'Veon, you're not in Pittsburgh anymore. 
In Pittsburgh, that right there is something that you say because Ben Roethlisberger has never had a record that was worse than 8-8 eight and eight, uh, as it relates to him running the helm for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this right here, this message would have been ideal for the Pittsburgh area and for that franchise. With the Jets, he reaching. <laughs> he reaching big time with the Jets. Like, I don't, I don't recall ever a time in my 36 years – where I was like, man, we, man, the Jets are good. Like I've never, <laughs> I don't ever like even when they had Curtis Martin, I was like, he's a good back. Didn't like the way that he dressed and how he carried himself on the field because I mean he didn't have any flash, so to speak, in how he dressed himself. But he was he had flashed by the way he played. But even when they had him, like I was just like, this team is okay. I was never like, hey. Th- th- these players need to put out something and say, hey, uh, you know, just hang in there with us. We're going to get back on track. I don't think players at all ever should do that because it's a job. You know, some days, you know, you come in as a regular worker, not feeling up to par or feeling like you, uh, you, you're all there. So, you know, we're creatures of habits. We're, we're prone to make mistakes and, you know, picking Sunday or Monday or whatever day you play to make those mistakes is a bad time. And right now the Jets is a really bad football team. Granted, they own their fourth to fifth uh, quarterback. Even when Sam Darnold come back, it's going to take a while for that team to gel because Le'Veon's running style is completely different from any other back in the National Football League. He's a patient runner. And training camp in one year is not going to allow that offensive line to just pick up those blocks that Le'Veon uh, Bell demands they're using them a lot out of the backfield and in the backfield as as it relates to running the ball but they got a lot of holes that they got to fill. so as far as bell putting this out there it's just giving them time to get better and so, he gonna put a whole bunch of those messages <laughs> out from week to week well so this is kind of like the jalen ramsey thing where you know we sit here as fans and sit back and think like all right well jalen ramsey is not being a good teammate and as you said last week that whole we're family is a bunch of bs so as, oh, fa- yeah. as fans, when we sit here and see this, there's a lot of fans that will be like, well, this is good because Le'Veon Bell's being a leader and Le'Veon Bell's stepping up when this team needs a leader to get things going. So is that just, is that BS too? Like the teams don't need that? Like is, is the that, lo- so locker room you, presence? Let me, let me make sure I, I and I'm, I'm just trying to make sure as a fan, because you give me the fan point of view and perspective. <laughs> so if I post on my social media, hey, we're going to get better. We're going to do this, 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 and this, that makes me a leader. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'll say it makes it a leader, as in you're trying to pick up the spirits of the rest of your teammates. So you're trying to be that. I guess it goes both ways. Are you also like it's it's the same as if you're the leader of the guy who rips into somebody on your team that's making mistakes and needs to get their crap together and play better? Not obviously in social media, but both of those type of things. Like this can't be. I guess that's the question: is this can't be seen as trying to step up and take the team under his wings, so to speak? No, definitely not. I, that's just Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon spent so many years in Pittsburgh where it was more so required because, you know, being average or just ahead of the curve wasn't acceptable. You had to be, you know, it was Super Bowl or bust. Literally, that was the mantra in the locker room for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you got to understand who cultivated Le'Veon Bell, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he took that attitude. He took it to him with the Jets. The only problem is is the Jets don't have the same so pedigree matters and where background you are. as the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, it definitely matters where you are because 
imagine being in Miami and players coming out saying that from week to week. <laughs> like you just be like, okay, all right, we tired of that. Come on, stop it. That's that's certainly fair. <laughs> all right, so let's continue with your opinion on comments being made. This time it's not by a player. It's about somebody about a player. Uh, Cam Newton now reports uh, as a side that Cam Newton is apparently dealing with a list Frank injury. But for anybody that missed it, last week Paul Feinbaum came out and on ESPN's Get Up, this is exactly what he said. We're not watching the beginning of the end. It is the end. It's over for Cam Newton. I don't know why we are mincing words and trying to find a pretty way to put it. Uh, I think it's he's a train wreck right now. He can't do what he used to do. And, and quite frankly, uh, forget the, the sympathy tour. Cam Newton has never really cared about anyone other than Cam Newton. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't be given the opportunity. But he, he's, he's brought this franchise down. It's over for Cam Newton. Nice knowing you, but you're done. I don't even have anything to say to you, but D'Angelo, what is your first response to that? <laughs> so I, I, my first response is, who the hell is Paul? <laughs> like, the, what, what is Paul credentials as it relates to being a NFL quarterback? Not player. I, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, what is his familiarity with being a quarterback? Two, this is the thing about Cam Newton, and I've said this time in and time out. I, I said that Cam Newton – is an average to good quarterback. I've never said he's a great. I've never like expressed anything different. I've always said that, and I'll never shy away from it. This is the thing. My parents used to tell me all the time, you can sell bad cooking if you keep it consistent. What he did do is he went out and he had a NFL MVP-type season, and everybody held him up to that one year versus the other eight subpar average years and now he has to live with that. So now everybody's like, hey, dude, you know, you got to return back to form. But the fact of the matter is, is he had one out insane out of his mind year. And everybody's comparing him to that year. And he, he can't get back to it because they don't have the defense. There's other things that uh, play a part in that. But that's what it is. And, and, and it pisses me off, too, because when you attack Cam in Carolina, then everybody get mad because they're saying he has no help. But then if you attack the organization, they get pissed off and they turn it back on Cam. <laughs> so you'll never be right in this situation. So it's it's crazy. So I don't know uh, when the fans in Charlotte will understand that the fact of the matter is, is he's an average to good quarterback. He's had some good years. He's had a lot of not so good years. So that brought him down to average to good. And then now you're saying, oh, he can't play. Granted, he has an injury. He's fought through that. He's fought through, uh, you know, the shoulder pain or whatever it is that he it is that he does. And as far as it relates to it, it makes sense now because I was going through social media yesterday and a lot of people was posting about Cam and what he does off the field as it relates to the him being selfish and all about Cam coming. But I'm pretty sure that the guy was talking about him as it relates to on the field, not what he does off the field, because. A lot of people listen to respond and not listen to understand. And that's certainly fair. That's so, my take on And that. let me come at you with this, because this has always been my frustration with Cam Newton, the player. It's not on the field. It's the off the field has been my problem. Is that I come at it, and this is I'm not speaking for all fans here, D'Angelo. This is just me to you. This is me to D'Angelo Williams. Is the frustration I always had with Cam Newton is – the celebrations, the Superman, all that type of stuff. I go for it. I celebrate all you want. I love it. I love players having fun. But you can't 
at the same time, be mopey, pouty, don't talk to anybody, clam up, shut up when you lose. Like, you can do both. Like, if you're Eli Manning and you don't do it and celebrate, and I'm not saying, like, Eli Manning is the best example. I'm just saying, if you're that type of guy that you're just always quiet, that's fine. He doesn't talk before, he doesn't talk after. Cam Newton was frustrating because he's, like, in your face, celebration, having fun, great, love it, exciting. But at the same time, when you're at the podium, when you're asked to say, you know, hey, what went wrong today or what do you look as your improvement going forward, not to sit there pouty face and not say anything and get pissed off with people because they want to ask what went wrong. Like, you can't do both, in my opinion. Well, you have to do both. You can, you can I, I don't understand how you could be a great winner and be a okay or a great loser. You don't have to be great. Like you just don't be a sore right loser. There and, I can... and that's what I feel like. I feel like he's a well, sore I, loser. I mean, that's that's the thing. If all great winners are sore losers, because you put just as much energy as being happy and celebrating a play and a win as you put in a loss as losing, you have the same energy. But Like you tell people you want them to be them all the time. Like you can never be too high. You can never be too low. Like that's Cam Newton. You that That's what you get – when you, when he plays for your organization, and and if that's what the issue is, is you don't like what he does off the field, then wow, that's crazy. Because I heard Ryan Clark talking about this, so I think maybe uh, Paul was the one that said it to Ryan, and then Ryan snapped, and he was like, "No, Eli Manning has been playing for a really long time at a very low that's level, true. and Cam has this, you know, this one bad year, but." People have jumped on Cam, but they're okay with Eli because of what you're saying. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't show any emotion. But I thought it was about wins and losses. No, it is. Like, if you're not a good football player, then you need to get your ass off well, the field. Well, you know how I feel about get that. Eli Manning should have been off the field years ago. I just – Right, but we're but fans are okay with seeing Eli bring an organization down as long as he's quiet but no, not okay no, not with all Cam fans. having a bad year. Don't put year. me in those fans. Dan. Don't put me in that group. Well, well, I, well, well you, Jake. Well, you, Jake. You're okay, you're okay with somebody uh, doing something to you as long as they don't say anything about it. But if they say anything about it, then you have an issue No, no, no. So basically what – I'm just trying to make sure I understand. Basically what I'm saying is if you're going to – like, so me. I'm sarcastic on Twitter. I also understand that's going to bring backlash. I'm going to have to take it. That's what my point with Cam Newton is. If, if you're going to give it, you got to take it. It's not just Cam Newton; it's everybody. Steph Curry kind of does the same thing in the NBA. Like if you're going to di- if you're going to dish it out, you have to take it on the chin sometimes. Right. Well, when you take it on the chin, the way you react to it may not be what fans want to see. They want to see that you have you have tough skin. Other fans want to see that you can't take it because they want to see that you're human. Like there's no win. Uh, when it comes to that, like Eli Manning is still getting rip, ripped apart. I mean, look at Daniel Jones. I mean, <laughs> well, let's talk about them. That's a good transition then. So we were talking about <laughs> Daniel Jones last week and rookie quarterbacks because there's a lot of youngsters and rookies stepping in last week. And the Giants this week got a win. Let's start with Daniel Jones. Stop it. Stop well, okay, it. I guess we're Stop not starting it. with Daniel Jones. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. So you believe in Daniel Jones? No. You believe in Daniel no. Jones. You, we're you not, got we're one of those on Daniel one. Jones we trust being No, no, no. We're going to agree on this one because I was laughing. It's funny you mentioned that. I was laughing yesterday watching NFL Network and ESPN and all the rest of the, you want to call them quote unquote talking heads and like whatever. We're in the same business, but we're in a different aspect. I believe you and me than in most of those. It's just laughing at how immediately reversed course everybody's doing and like they even play clips at the beginning of their show because that's what they're talking about they're like hey let's look back six months and we were everybody's trashing daniel jones 
I'm, I, we're on the same page. I, I feel like D'Angelo is everybody's all of a sudden, oh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, definitely. It's not an overreaction to say he could be the future. It was one game against the Buccaneers defense, and he still made poor throws and still had an interception that was dropped, D'Angelo. Why are people reversing course so fast? They're reversing course so fast is because they're tired of seeing Eli Manning express like he has no expression. He's expressionless. He's literally I I don't know is somebody controlling him like I he looks like he's Robot? being controlled on a video game. He shows no emotion, and the only time he shows emotion, I guess somebody hit the A button or the C button or whatever button it is when they when he throws a pick and which, like he runs which to the sideline the shoulder and takes shrug his off and just looks lost that he does all the time like i feel like that's a permanent one <laughs> yeah like <laughs> what is he shoulder shrugging i'm shrugging for i mean uh, what he's is always that, adjusting what, what his pads doing? i don't understand why like that's the problem he does that little flipping backwards shoulder shrug thing but no here's what i said like Man. i think you'll agree with this d'angelo this is what i said going into the season and the same thing's happening with the dolphin situation I said the reason Daniel Jones isn't under center from day one, the reason Josh Rosen isn't under center from day one, and the reason Dwayne Haskins isn't under center from day one is because you let the fans go through the misery of what's there right now. So when you bring in the next guy, yes. even if they're mediocre, at least they're not what was there. Right. And and it's not only that, too. Eli Manning is getting paid. Like, Eli Manning is the Porsche sitting in the garage, and uh, Daniel Jones is the Camry. you just like, okay, I know this Camry <laughs> – gonna get me where i need to go i know that this camera is good on gas <laughs> it's, it's cheaper but i yes but i've spent so much money on this porsche i'm gonna push it out of the garage i'm gonna shine it up and i'm gonna let people see it and when they come by and they be like man that's a nice car man you want to sell it you say no you push it back in the garage and you drive your camera you just don't let them look under the hood because the engine's missing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But they don't know that. Exactly. Though. They don't know that, though. They see that car every day. And and this is what's going on right now. They see that car every day, that Porsche that you push out, you shine up and you make it look real good. They've never heard it. And somebody eventually going to come out and want to buy it. And you're going to say, no, you know what? I'm not going to sell it to you. Pushing it back in the garage. It's a collector's. It's a keeper. Like this thing has won two Super Bowls. I'm going to keep it. You push it back in the garage. Well, then somebody come in and they make an offer for you that you just can't refuse. And you say, you know what? Give me a day. And you know what you do in that day? You go buy a cheap motor. You fix that damn car and you push it out. Of, you drive it out of your garage and say, here, man, you take it. You take whatever draft picks you can get for it and you push them on. Them not knowing that the Camry is the real steal <laughs> because it has so many miles on it from college. It works. It's efficient. The gas is cheap. The car is cheap, and it's going to be cheap for a long time until it breaks down, and then I'm going to have an issue. <laughs> You're going to go through this all again. All right, well, then, so in that game. And go through it all again. That's how it works. In, in that game in general, we see this all the time. You watch this, a missed field goal. So did the Giants actually win this game, or did, they, I, that, did the Buccaneers lose no, it? No, the, the Giants didn't win this game. Let, let's just be honest. I, well, they did win it on paper. Let's just be honest. It was a mistake by a few people. Uh, I still It still bothers me. That field goal kickers and and I get this from Gotti, I get it from you know Chris Boswell, uh, you know all the kickers that I've ever you know played with. I would always tell them like you're not a football player, <laughs> you're on this team, but you're not a football player. Literally, all you do is kick, and they would always say you know nobody's put in more pressure situations than us. I was like, you know what? I got a caveat to that. 
you guys will never understand how it feels to be on the field on an offensive possession and drive the ball and actually run and make a difference. And, you know, we would go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, to the point where, you know, you'd come in the locker room and, you know, I'm diving into my playbook because they just put in new plays. You know, everybody on offense is diving in their new plays. And the kicker's over there reading a freaking book uh, on, uh, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad or, uh, you know, one of these other books. And they got a whole list of library books in their damn locker because literally they go to special teams meetings and that's it. Like, that's, that's their You job. know what my hashtag so is, right, say it, I, so, I, so, no, I sell T-shirts for the fantasy season. Hashtag ban kickers. I am. I, oh, dude, I need to get one of those. T-shirts. I'll send you one. I, you don't have to buy one. You dude, know that. Come on. I, <laughs> I'll yeah, just. I, I need to get me one of those t-shirts. I'll, I'll just man. send you because you, you know what I say. You know what I say about kickers. You you talk about what you were just saying. Guess what? The kickers aren't relevant unless the offense isn't doing their job. Because if the offense gets in the end zone and does their job, I nobody like cares about you. I, I, I like that. And and that's what it boiled down to. Tampa Bay has had a history of having bad kickers. And you'd think they'd learn from history, but, you know, they just doomed to keep repeating it themselves. So it's crazy that, you know, and before he kicked it, I was like, yeah, he's going to miss this. <laughs> Too much pressure. Oh, I had the hashtag queued up. And, uh, <laughs> I, was, I had it ready to roll as soon as it went by. It was, I, I did it. Hashtag. Bam, ban kickers as soon as it happened. Uh, so we could we talk about uh, some good and bad teams so far? Maybe teams I, – I teased at the top, the best, worst, and the worst, best. It's funny. I always said this. You watch a lot of basketball. I always said Dirk Nowitzki was the yeah. was the best, worst basketball player ever. Like, if you watch him play, it's like he shouldn't be that good. He's the best, worst ever. So let's talk about well, – I, I, I don't understand. Were you saying he was the worst player no. or was he was a good player? He's, like, he's a good player. He's the best, worst player of all time. Like, you watch Dirk Nowitzki play – and you watch him and you're like, it doesn't make sense. Like what he's doing, yeah. like he shouldn't be that good, but he's amazing. He's a Hall of Famer. That's what I was saying. He's the best worst. Yeah, <laughs> so let Okay. Who is who is your who is your worst, worst basketball player? That, worst, that worst, got worst? all the attention, all the fame, and he was just terrible. I mean, doesn't have to who that that's a good one. I mean, at this point, I think Elton Brand, because I'm a Bulls fan, so that he always comes to mind. I always thought he just wasn't that good. Really? Yeah. And he, so, he got so play for this is uh, he, hear me out on this one. Hear me out on this. I mean, one. the easy one would be Greg Oden. What's the objective of playing basketball? Is it to score points? Yeah. Okay. So, if you want to go worse, worse, <laughs> and I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this one. And I like him as a player. I I just I didn't understand. Like I understand what it is that he did on the court and what he brought to the table. But Dennis Rodman, I thought, was the worst <laughs> basketball player to ever step on the court because all he literally did was rebound. He, he, had, he, he had filled no his offense. role. His de- but, but you just said, before I said his name, that in order to win basketball games, As a team. you had to score points. As a team. But that's the thing. It's, oh, it's, now you no, want to no, hit no, me no. with the team. No, but I want to change Dennis it because, Rodman, hold on, hold on. Cause, cause, as an overall basketball player, You played player, football, D'Angelo, behind offensive linemen whose role wasn't to score points. They were to help you score points. Right, but in basketball, it's completely mic. different. It's five. You play offense and defense. On a football team, you got 11. The 11 play offense, and then another 11 play defense. But do all five starters average 20 points a game? No. 
You fill in a role. Say it again. I said, do all five starters average 20 points per game? There's not a single NBA team that has that. Yeah. Well, I'm just letting you know the worst hype basketball player, in my opinion, is Dennis Rodman because all he brought to the table was rebounds. When you can have another guy in there and do rebounds and play defense. Nah, like, they, they won a championship. Uh, Draymond, of it. Draymond Green. Draymond Green is doing the same thing Dennis Rodman did, and everybody said Draymond Green is overrated. Now, see, Draymond Green is filling his role. You can't have everybody scoring 30 points a night like Steph Curry. So that's good then. So then who's the most overrated undefeated team in football? Who's the, who's the worst over like undefeated team in football right now? Who's the Dennis the, Rodman the, of the those 3-0 under- teams? Yeah, the, the, the Dennis Rodman <laughs> of the NFL right now, and I, I hate their fans. Uh, because they're annoying as hell. Oh, now I know where you're going. And I'm so tired of hearing they're going to the championship year in and year out that they got the Super Bowl. I already told you they were contenders. Can't win a damn playoff game. It's the Cowboys. It's the Dallas freaking Cowboys. You're not America's team anymore. Okay, stop it. Like that's like the University of Miami calling themselves the U. That those years are gone. And you're far you, – you, you don't even – nobody remembers uh, the you anymore. I mean, they remember it because obviously that's all they show on TV, on the History Channel and and all – like the, the you doesn't even play on ESPN anymore. They play on ESPN the Ocho and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you got to pull them up online. You got to get that package. But that's what the Cowboys are in my opinion is because they beat three teams. They're 3-0 and right now. They beat three teams that were equally as terrible last year. And they just repeated this year. Yeah. So I want to see when they play on the 29th, when they play the New, the New Orleans Saints, and they're going to play them without Drew Brees, and we'll see. That'll be our measuring stick. But in my opinion, I think the Dallas Cowboys is the worst undefeated team right now in the national football. See, you know, first I don't agree with that because you know I had them as a playoff team, and the second part is I don't, I can't say that when I have the Bills and the 49ers both sitting there at three and zero. Like the 49ers, eh, maybe you're, you're being real, very disrespectful. You know that that's my squad. I know you're that's being your very, squad. Very disrespectful. Okay? You feel like that's a three and zero team? A, yes. Nah. Yes, I I I know for a fact that they're a three and zero team. I, I can't I can't buy into that, but especially the Bills. Like I, I'm excited. I love Josh Allen for fantasy purposes, but I still can't I can't see the Bills, similar to the Cowboys, continuing to roll the way they had. I mean, they barely squeaked out that game against the Bengals, which are arguably one of the worst teams in the league, which perfectly pairs into the next part. So then, what's the best? What's the Dirk Nowitzki of the the winless team? What's the best worst team? I can 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 we go back before we we move on to that oh, one? I got I got to go back to our, to our our best worst teams, the 49ers. I want to go back to the 49ers because oh you you've been very disrespectful. <laughs> I actually want to go back to the Buffalo Bills. Okay. So the Buffalo Bills, you know who their head coach is, right? Yeah. His background, his background is all defense. So when he went there last year, uh, well two years ago, I think was it two years ago? Uh, I think McDermott was it two years ago? I think so. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. So he had two bad years because he has no idea what the hell is going on on offense. He is a defensive-minded coach. I remember when I was in Carolina, uh, that's all he did. Literally, you'd say hi to him. He wanted to talk defense. Hey, man, uh, you know, even concepts on offense. He'd be like, yeah, I saw y'all did this, 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 and this. Why did you swing out? Did you Was you supposed to swing out? And I'm like, nah, I, I screwed that up. He was like, yeah, I figured you did. You're supposed to win in the flat. 
And, you know, we had that cover had you went in the flat. And I was like, dude, I didn't go in the flat, though. I ran a swing. It was the same position, different look. But, you know, that's why I was able to score. Literally, that's all he's all about. So with that being said, he needed an offense or an offensive coordinator that could step up to the challenge and deliver. I, I always say this. They say that defense win championships, uh, you know, offense sells tickets or whatever that is, but I've never seen a game won zero to zero. I've seen it tied. Never seen it won. So with that being said, the offense has to play just well enough to win football games. If you don't create, if you don't give out turnovers, uh, we're going to play defense well enough to win football games. The San Francisco 49ers did it when they had Patrick Willis and Navarro and I mean uh and all those guys they did it with good defense and stellar play by cap not turning the ball over that literally that's the team that's going to arise in Buffalo eventually because of that defensive oh, eventually that the coach had. but to, to your yeah. point about your, your, the Cowboys they squeak by the Jets they beat the Giants and they squeak by the Bengals they get the Patriots this week that's an L guaranteed done L it was fun I, I never said that it was a guarantee, but I, I can tell you this, though. It wouldn't shock me if Tom Brady throw multiple picks because that defense is going to be on point. Uh, I'll take the under. I'll take the one or less. We'll, we'll have to come back I, to that I'm, next I'm week. Taking two, I'm taking two plus. All right, we'll come back to it. All right, so let's get back to what I was yes. trying to say. We want the Dirk, the Dirk Trubisky's of the winless teams. Who, I, I'm, is it your boys? So, is it the Steelers? I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I And they've been dealt a big blow by losing Ben Roethlisberger, but Mason Randolph's the future. So if he's going to be the future, then we got to go ahead and we got to start him now. This is the question that I have, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers is what kind of surgery did Ben have? Was it going to be Tommy the, John? I thought they were still working the details. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Have you, with, with that being said, how many pitchers or – you know, baseball, because that's a baseball injury. There's a quarterback injury, right. the way he throws the ball and No, delivered. he's not having Tommy How many John. have come back? Huh? He's not having it. That's what I thought. They they scrapped that. He's not. Oh, so he's not having yeah, it. Yeah, they but reported that It's yesterday. a Tommy John-like injury then, right. right? So how healthy is he going to be when he comes back? Like, I mean, are you just giving me hope? So like, let me ask you this then. Looking at that game, that did you watch the Steelers? I'm assuming you watched a decent amount of that Steelers game. I did. Right? I watched it, yes. Okay. I watched them all. So especially from your standpoint – you know more than I do. You played the game. Watching it as an analyst, as I you know, have for years and years and years, that was a very stagnant, blah, poor offense in that game. Was Is that one of the ones of, you know what, we can't open the playbook too much for Mason Rudolph because this is his first start? Or do you have concerns going forward that, that he was part of the problem? Well, I, I don't have any concerns at all, and this is the reason why I don't have any concerns. As a rookie quarterback, Going into the National Football League, you can't open the playbook and give a quarterback options just yet because all those lines would be crossed. And if you have four plays in one play, you have none when it comes to a rookie quarterback because he's going to always default to what he likes and knows when it comes to you know checking out of this or checking into that. I don't care what college you went to. I don't care what university, what your background is and how good your memory is. As a rookie, it is tough in the National Football League because everybody scheme against your inexperience. We know that you hadn't seen some of the looks that we're going to give you and how we can get into some other defensive schemes based on what we show you. I've said this plenty of times. So it doesn't matter whether it's Mason, whether it's the quarterback in Arizona, whether it's the quarterback in New York. 
all you got to do is get a little film on somebody and you can extort that to no end. And that's what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. We know you got the weapons that you need. You know, granted, you have, you know, a couple injuries here and a couple injuries there. We know that your defense is not as good as it used to be. You're not the steel curtain. You know, you have a couple guys that are playing out of their mind, but as a defense as a whole, we can attack you. If we're able to put up points against your defense, we can outscore your offense. And that's what's going on right now in Pittsburgh. If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But there's good news. You can listen to more of the show by subscribing to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash to be honest. That's theathletic.com slash to be honest. You'll be able to hear the full show in D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week, and we'll talk soon.